so that's it. That's how we're gonna roll. But like we're saying, we've got to save the football banner for play on. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Now nah, I'm only joking. This is episode 72. Cal, we appreciate you. You can be any player you want. Um, <laughs> any player, any any Liverpool player that I want. All right, if I'm gonna choose a Liverpool player, I'm gonna be Jabby Alonso. Jeez, top baller. Come yeah. on, quality. Pulling the strings, pulling the strings. I love it. I love it. This is bit. Going for. Who, me? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to go with my childhood striker uh, alternative other than Ian Wright, and it was Robbie Fowler. Ooh. Mm. Sounding off. That's, that, nah, that's large. That's weird. Like that little, yeah, he was just, yeah, he was just naughty, but he's the type of striker I wanted to be growing up. Yeah, he was just hard. He was clinical. Actually, would you be? Um, all-time Liverpool. Anyone, any Liverpool, any Liverpool player. Oh, I can't stand Liverpool most of the time. <laughs> That's the I truth. I don't think no one can. Oh, there's a couple of people been, that are right, but it's been unbearable, bro. It's been unbearable the last few days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't um, know, none. listen. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. Now let me stick with Mane, just because I I respect what he did. I saw um I saw an article about him today going into his local mosque and actually volunteering to clean the mosque. Yeah, I've um, seen videos of that. I've seen videos yeah, of Yeah, so I think as a player and as just an all-round human being, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Sadio Mane. Nice, nice. You're not going to get the haircut. You're going to do your own hair? You were talking about doing your own hair, the lockdown haircut. Yeah, but hopefully it doesn't look like Mane. <laughs> <laughs> the blonde... You're going to get the little blown stripe going around, yeah? Hey, cut. hey, if you might see me for the first time after, what, three or four months, I got a blown stripe in my head. I beg you not slap me. Hey, if you dye your hair blonde, you'd be like Demolition Man, like, uh, wait, <laughs> Demolition Man. Douglas <laughs> Louise oh, dyed okay. his hair blonde the other day. It's mad. You know what? When, like, if you're of a, of a certain shade and you dye yeah, your hair yeah, blonde, yeah. You, you look like Guinness. Oh, I'm glad you said that and not me. We <laughs> <laughs> get we get the complaints in. But I tell you what though, saying that like if you're a certain shape of like hair, but like certain girls when they have like the blonde wig or blonde hair, you can forget about it. Yes, yeah, it's amendments. That is <laughs> that is about black girls with a blonde wig, that kind of thing. No, but like in a good way. I'm saying in a good way, like they look I've got a I've got a soft spot for, for black girls. Oh, really? Like, nah, girls man. With blonde hair. Yeah, it depends on how they drop it. Yeah, obviously. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like that proper sumo, the, the sumo, the sumo um, helmet hairstyle. Oh, <laughs> it's all mad, cuz. And the wee sweaty. Oh. <laughs> it's nuts. But here's what it is, man. Whatever makes people happy, uh, innit? Don't discriminate. We, anyone can get it. Well, we used to before I was married, obviously. But yeah, that's how we get it. Episode 72. The Fear Amigos. We've got Cal. How you been, Cal? Sure. Just, uh, just, just getting on with this COVID social distancing quarantine life. You know, um, it's all good, man. How you, how you getting on yourself? Yeah, I'm good, man. I've, I've overcome the hot, the hot weather in the midweek, um, and obviously we didn't record beer up and banner. We had a week off just to sort of recharge our batteries, and then we had the play on podcast, which is always good to hear you guys. But it's nice that now we've got the lads together. A beer up and banner. So I've been good. I've been very well. Good to hear that you're well. And Ash, how have you been doing, brother? Yeah, I'm alright. Um, week was hard. Um, just had so much on, <clears throat> but getting there. And I definitely feel a lot lighter and a lot better being on 
I think a couple of times I've been on, it's been like, yeah, just I've, I always love being on, but you just you can feel it. But yeah, I think that week off has given me a new lease of life. So yeah, yeah I'm feeling good, man. Wicked, wicked. So yeah, don't forget to check us out if you're listening on all podcast platforms, Beer Rap and Banner at Beer Rap Bants, Beer Rap and Banner at gmail.com. And don't forget, we've got the football podcast as well, Play On at Podcast Play On, which we've been dropping consecutively episodes. And Cal, hats off to you. Ash, hats off to you guys. Just consistency. And I know people listening appreciate it. So everyone getting back to work. And now they're looking to open up the pubs. So I don't know how they're going to pattern that, but it should be interesting. Um, so yeah, man. Yeah, man. Right. I want to kickstart with, uh, we got sort of how we're feeling out of the way. Uh, Cal, do you want to sort of kickstart on the first topic? Because I know you, you, um, you looked at the Ty's funeral. Yeah, um, so uh, a lot of UK rap fans will know about T.Y., Ty. Um, he was a mainstay in the UK rap scene, absolute legend. He's been co-signed by some huge artists in the States like De La Soul. Um, and, um, you know, he was a, a guy that made very kind of like emotional, personal music. And he connected with so many people, it just resonated. And um, and he was a in an older generation to us, uh, very much one of our OGs. Um, for me, one of the first people that I even saw, one of the first UK rappers that I saw, like performing live, and just kind of being about in the scene. And he did so much for so many people. He was a huge guy in the community, and uh, he, he recently passed away. And uh, they had one of these social distancing uh, funerals for him. Um, I mean. In person, there was a lot of people there. I wasn't there. That they kind of set up some technology to do a live stream at the funeral, um, which was awesome. So it was my first time actually going to a virtual funeral, um, and I was really appreciative that they they made it available because obviously this guy was beloved, and there was a lot of people that really wanted to see it. And what was interesting was they set up like a YouTube, and at one point this, the connection kind of disrupted. Mm. And someone else was kind of streaming on Instagram live on his phone. So I went onto the Insta live and you could see there was like hundreds of people tuned in uh, on the Insta live. And there was loads of, there was a good turnout of people there. And, you know, all the comments and all of the, the lovely messages flooding through on the Insta live, which I thought was, it was really touching, man. Um, and yeah, as you could imagine, um, it's a somber affair. Um, some very emotional testimonials from his closest Um uh, his his mum said some really touching words. His little sister, man, that was a oh, that was a heart choker, you know, that her her speech there, um, letting everybody know about how um, you know she kind of spoke to him before he passed and how she let him know that he was loved, um, and um, she did say that if he was here today to see how many people was here, he'd probably be in tears. You know, he'd be very moved because he's a very mm. emotional guy. Um, and um, yeah, man, I just think it was a lovely send off for a UK rap legend. May he rest in peace. Um, and it was, a, it was a nice little finish, the way they played some of his music at the end. Um, mm. um, yeah, man. Uh, rest in peace to Ty. And um, may we move forward with, with, uh, with more diligence because uh, he was actually uh, said to have contracted COVID-19 and that was the cause of his death. Um, so yeah, let's um, let's make sure we remain vigilant, man. Because although we're flattening the curve, this thing is apparently still out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. 
so people need to be careful. But um, it's it's really good that modern technology has now provided people with the opportunity to take part in these, uh, I don't want to say services, but events where if there's sort of uh, a funeral or even on the other side, if there's someone having a wedding or, you know, someone's been baptised or just anything like that, that people can come together, even though they can't be there physically for whatever reason due to COVID. That now technology has got everyone being a part of it. So uh, big shout out to, to Ty RIP and to his family and friends and those that were close with him. He was massive in the scene. Um, someone who sort of we listened to growing up, or I definitely listened to growing up sort of early 2000s. Uh, and yeah, so that's, that's, that's sad, man. And also everyone listening, just sort of like Cal said, stay, stay vigilant, stay safe. Um, stay alert. That's what they say, don't they? But yeah, RIP to time, man. I know a lot of people that I know knew him. I didn't yeah. know him personally. I didn't really have um, yeah. much to kind of do with him. But yeah, like when a figure like that kind of passes on, um, the impact is felt way beyond his social circle and those who knew him. So yeah, RIP to him. Yeah, and his music will be timeless, man. So go check out his music uh, on whatever platforms or buy it and keep spreading the good sound and good words. So... Yeah, RIP tight and well put, Calm and beautifully put, bro. Thank you. Um, yeah, so uh, on from Ty, um, who was a black man, we've got the Black Pound Day. Right, here we go. Jeez. Um, so I think that's an interesting point to talk about um, because... It's today, isn't it? Today yeah. is officially Black Pound Day. Yeah. So as of, as of recording, Saturday the 27th of June, it is officially... Black Pound Day. Do you guys want to even want to expand on this? Because I've seen it all over Instagram, and I've seen different WhatsApp groups mentioning it. Um, Ash, you, uh, you you got anything you want to contribute to this one? Yeah. So the Black Pound Day has been. Um, there was a recent interview with um, Swiss from So Solid on the ZZ Mill show, and I think this was an idea that he's really pushed, or I think he kind of um, launched it, where um, money is directed back into. And the black economy, black owned businesses, black owned services. So rather than kind of going out to say another service, essentially it's kind of trying to just redirect all your money for this day or this weekend into black business to try to make sure that that money kind of helps to grow businesses. So there's more businesses taking place. So I think um, there's a number of ways where you can kind of support. So with Black Lives Matter taking place, we've seen the marches, we've seen the protests, we've seen people being asked to speak on the subject. But actually um, putting your money into the black economy is one of the strongest ways to kind of show a level of support um, and help to kind of grow um, an economy as well. So um, I have done a little bit myself. Um, I jumped on Trapstar, um, bought myself a couple of little bits. Um, I have been looking for other things. I'm probably going to buy some um, black literature as well. Um, but yeah, I, but the thing for me is I consistently do it anyway. But I just mm. think when you've got a day geared towards it it just allows other people to kind of support where they wouldn't and if this day becomes a thing or um we do this every two three months then i think it will help to bolster black owned businesses and maybe encourage more more um, young black people to become mm. entrepreneurs to become um, um service providers um and that then empowers them to be able to help help to make change in the community yeah i think the plan behind it is for it to be a movement a consistent thing uh, and um, I think if anybody wants more info, they can go into blackpoundday.co.uk. And uh, it does say on there, 
it's going to be uh, monthly. Every every month, mm. we'll observe Black Pound Day and we'll spend money in the black community. And the important thing as well is to get it popping on social media to kind of, if you're going into a black establishment, take a picture with the, uh, mm. the, the black owner, take a picture of the product that you've got. Or, you know, you can, if you order something online, you can screenshot it and do your little post and then hashtag Black Pound Day. And so everybody can see, oh, look, everyone's supporting and just kind of encourage everyone to get this. So this is the one day of the month where it's cool for you to say, I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm biggity black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm biggity black, 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 biggity black, black, black. It's when you're going into the shop, just spending your money in it and just singing it along. But throwing on a little stars P as well, I'm black. Um, I hope this. I hope this continues, and it's not. I mean, obviously, I hope it continues. It should have been happening from day. Let's be mm. serious. And I think often the argument or the issue is that money's not generated enough within the black community uh, buying products uh, and just circulating, like the Jewish community, now mm. Pakistani, Indian, Chinese, or other communities. I think um, they definitely do it to some degree and I just hope it continues and it's it's every day or, or people can do it as much as they can and keep pushing it um, I'm going to have to have a look and spend some money I'm being tight anyway we're, we're getting ready to move soon so um, even if it was like you know uh, you put me onto some things and I'll definitely try and spend some money I've been donating I've, I've been donating supporting um, some black businesses in the football WhatsApp group so Hair Force One Bigger Anderson he's doing a 24 hour uh hairdressing you know barbershop thing and then also this uh, local theatre company with uh, my friend Ray I'll find the I'll find the name in a moment but you, you, you kind of support it I think all of us will probably because we're involved mm. in the black community we will all support yeah. without even trying like yeah. Um, yeah. you just mentioned Hair Force One that's like my usual barber so before Covid I would, my black panda every Saturday I'm going and giving money to a black barber yeah Um. every Saturday I'm going down uh, the local market, and I'm and I'm giving money to the uh, the black uh, food sellers, um, mm. street yeah. food vendors, and takeaway and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's like yeah, you'll be popping into like a Caribbean shop and getting your um, your curry go and all of this kind of stuff. Ben, you know, so I, I think it's normal. And then one thing I thought was interesting just now, you mentioned about other communities doing it, and I think some communities do it exclusively. Mm. Like I remember hearing reading about uh, a Jewish ambulance service in New York. Like, there'll, there'll be an ambulance going down the street that only stops for Jewish people. Imagine that. Well, and, I don't and, find that yeah, hard to believe. Sorry to cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, that kind of thing. It's like, it's just people looking after their own in their own mm. community, keeping mm. the money circulating. You know, mm. uh, an Asian person might go down Green Street and mm. put money into the Asian butchers or the Asian greengrocers, uh, buy some material from the Asian um, cloth. Uh, textile store, yeah. um, you know. Look at Chinatown. Exactly the same thing, bro. So yeah. this is Black Pound Day. This is it. This is it. This is our our Black Chinatown coming Definitely. together. Yeah. Right now. Just to just to expand on that point, so I remember seeing something on Instagram where they 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 spoke about the the amount of time, like I think it was a dollar, um, stays in the Jewish economy, the Chinese economy, um, the the Asian economy. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, yeah, yeah. In terms of circulating, and I think sometimes in the black com the black community, one of the things I saw was it's like six hours, whereas in the Jewish community, sometimes it can last for twenty one days. Wow. So again, it's just yeah, it's just that 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 disparity <clears throat> just shows cool. Like, what what do we do 
how do we go to support? And another thing I want to say as well is, um, this is a big thing for me, and um, I spoke to someone about this the other day. What I found a lot with um, kind of some members of the black community is if you have a business and you put something out there, they'll come to you not just to support wholeheartedly, but, oh, bro, like, give me a discount. Or like that, that put me on. No, it's the truth. But 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 you never go to other areas or like for instance, if they go to Gucci, they're not gonna ask for the discount. They wanna show, yeah, boom, I can buy it and I can do this and I've got the money. So the one thing we need to make sure that we don't do is we don't shortchange our friends. I've always said mm. when you start a business, your first purchases should be your friends. Mm. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that if I start a clothing line, I would expect my boys to be the first people to buy stock from me. Because by you buying stock from me, it then allows me to, to, to develop my stock and then be able to kind of move forward. And yeah. I got into a heated debate with one of my boys. He's like, no, nah, bro, I'm going to give you a T-shirt for free. This is no, let me pay because that money is going to help you buy more merchandise and then grow. If you're a multimillionaire and you want to give me free stuff, man will take it. But in like when you're initially like... um taking your first steps let me kind of support you let me scaffold your business not let me take away from your business preach to him pastor ash and the lord we were saying (laughs) we were saying this before like in terms of if you're doing music like if you're making beats or you're rapping and or you're making you're being creative or you're doing art and your friends or your people you work with close proximity be like oh like if you, if you say, oh, I'm going to charge you for a verse, charge you for a beat, charge you for this artwork, they'll be like, or charge you for the photography work or the video work, they'll be like, oh, come on, bro, like, mm. hook me up. But like, like you said, you got, you got, we've got to be supportive. We've got to put money back in. And also, I think this adding to that in terms of um, just the reviews and the views of, like, certain... I know food shops, I know Caribbean food shops often get a bad rep of, like, service and, and attitude behind the counter, mm. and I don't think that's true. You know, I don't think that's true. Um, you could you could get that bad attitude in any food shop, but I definitely yeah. think sometimes within the black community, from my experience of talking to friends and and, and other people and whatnot, um, it's like they're quick to, to dismiss identify. their own, dismiss their own or rubbish it, where they wouldn't maybe say the same of a of a Chinese shop or the, or the I don't know. So we, we 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 want the money to to circulate. We want to support one another. Um, so spend your money where you can, people. I just want to shout out the theatre school. I found the name. It's the Chanel Franklin Theatre School, black-owned business. Uh, big up Ray, who I play football with, and all the lads. So um, wherever you're spending your money worldwide, even if you're in America, you know, I'm sure there must be a uh, black dollar day or, or, you know, anything like that. So spend your money. And also uh, buy people's music, man. I was thinking about this the other day. Like uh, Streaming is cool, but... Go on Bandcamp, go on iTunes, buy buy the single, buy the album, um, buy the and support people. Buy the merchandise if you like it. So just this keep the money circulating. Keep the I don't money think people. Circulating. I don't think people buy merch that much. What do you guys think about that? Like, I remember having a conversation once with someone saying I might do like a run of t-shirts when I was putting my mixtape out. And I would. It was. I'd, it was I'd, like, I'd, oh, I just remember the combo. It was. Um. It was DJ Lucky Style. Shout out to Lucky, and he was saying. I wouldn't do that if I was you because I'm only just buying a Kanye West t-shirt now. Like, like, like people don't really run to buy the merch when someone's unknown. It takes a while for them to build up their brand before people are going to start wanting to buy the t-shirt and stuff like that. Um, Would you guys think of that? You need to start somewhere. Look, the prime example of how merchandise can sell is, and I know like I'm big fans of them and I don't sound like I'm brilliant, but look at Westside Gun and Griselda. Their merchandise flies off the rack. All right, they're big now. But if you if you can put merchandise 
at a show or at, at an event and tie it in with your identity and who you are as a product, people will buy it. People will buy your T-shirt. People will buy your, your kitchen towel. People will buy your cup. People will buy mm. anything. And if you believe in your product and people want to buy into you, then it just takes a matter of time. People have become so accustomed to, let me get it for free. What? Is it mm. not free? What? Big man, can I not get a discount? What? Mm. Da, 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 or next time, next time. But, and I think maybe over here, England is maybe people are a bit tighter uh, unless you're, you've made it. So if you go to a Kano show where you go to a yeah, BBK. Boy, but no, like people are buying t-shirts. I remember Boy Better No t-shirts when they first dropped back in the day. Flying. And then you went to Iron Apple and they were they were gone. And now Jamie did Umbrella, he did the caps, he did a SIM card. Um, so if you have a core group, 10 fans, 100 yeah. fans, and they, you, they, you fuck that, that core audience, fuck with, fuck with them. And that's what's I know in America and Europe they're probably a bit more free with circulating money, but I don't think it's a waste of time of putting out merchandise and and it just it just uh, expands your brand and who you are. You get me? So definitely you should be putting things into branding. I, I I think it's never a waste of time personally. That's what I'm saying. No matter. Cool. Yeah, hundred. Even though I never really put merchandise with like, the music thing, but I think if you're approaching it from a bigger picture. And obviously, at times, you may make a loss or you may feel like you're going against a, a brick wall or whatever, but just keep putting stuff out. And it could be anything. It could be, like, little lighters. could be, I don't know, something to work, man. Something to work. But, yeah, spend your money. Um, Black Pound Day, hashtag Black Pound Day. Um, I'm gonna, I'm merch, yeah. Talking about cool. merch and clothing, there, there, uh, there was something about Primark you mentioned uh, the other day. Um, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> This ties in with me going in now about the Bournemouth, everyone at the at the um, at the beach. So basically, before as lockdown was lifted, I don't know if you man saw, but people were queuing up outside Primark. People were intense. What? I think oh, I missed I'm that. Sure, I, that was Photoshop, man. That's got to be Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be Photoshop, bro. It was like, like it was. It, it was, was like, like an iPhone Kanye, launch or something. Like a Kanye West or some off-white <laughs> release for Primark, Jeez. and then people were queuing up to go into uh, Sports Direct. And to support Mike Ashley, <laughs> so <laughs> so that that was just the contradiction in itself. So um, people are just—I don't know why you're queuing up for Primark on the best of days. Yeah, big up Primark if you can. Well, it, it splits opinions. Obviously, where they get their clothes from, mm. the whole concept of sweatshops and and uh, you know human labour. But you can say that about any product. So mm. you know, sort of courses for courses, but. Since the uh, lockdown has been eased up, people queuing upside Primark and all these shops, you just need to stop it because you're not helping the COVID pandemic. And then people going to the beach. Now, I want to ask Mandan, what's your opinion about half a million people going to one beach? <laughs> you know what? It's, it's difficult. Like, I think I go back to the, to, to the messaging around this. And I think a lot of the messaging hasn't been clear. And a lot of it's been left for people to interpret it. So that it's almost like, well, we kind of told you this, but we kind of told you that. Like, they're making sure they're not, they're not very much kind of close. Um, so I think whenever, okay, I'll come and sort you out in a minute, Mace. Give me two minutes, okay? Thank you. You got Mason, the fourth member, the, the, the young man. He's like, <laughs> he's like, who's that young Barca player, Fatty? Yeah. <laughs> the young, he's um, the young dog coming through. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, what, what are my charges? Um, so, <laughs> he didn't piss himself, did he? 
Nah, he didn't. To be fair, though, today... You he hope he didn't. And, nah, hold on. He's, today he stood up on weed for the first time. Oh, um, God. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. Can I do also another shout-out? Shout-out to my homie Lysha on her birthday today. Yeah, um, she's listening. Yeah, big love. Big love to Lash. And shout-out to Kenny as well. Um, another Kenny. one of my boys. Who's Well, Lash is not one of my boys. She's one of the girls. Yeah, she one of the, she wanted the girls like Mandem or... Yeah, nah, nah, she, nah she, she's gonna be she, drinking she, a dragon stout today, yeah. Nah, you <laughs> Opening know it with her teeth, <laughs> smoking a blunt. She's doing the gun fingers, isn't it? Yeah, shout out, Ash, my guy, Ash. Yeah, pick me up on my birthday. Hands in a tracksuit, hands in a tracksuit. She's wearing a trap star tracksuit today, isn't it? Black card day. Nah, all in black, all in black. That is a complete opposite of her. Um, but nah, so yes, yeah, their birthdays today. So shout out to the birthday crew. The best birthday month is coming up soon, though, just to uh, let everyone know. No, you're moving mad. July, July babies rock. But yeah, going back to the um, going back to the bit I was saying, yeah, I think the I think the government just haven't been um, decisive enough in their in their literature and the way that they've actually gone about covid so that's why you are getting lots of people interpreting it very very differently and i think we've got to a point now where because it's so ambiguous what some people are saying and it's now going as soon as going to be two meters down to one meter and again that's not enforced it's through, through preference people are just going to be like you know what we've been in for three months you're not really saying much i'm going to do what i want to do um again i wouldn't advise it but then at the same time, people want to go out. They want to socialise. They want to do things. They want to they want to make the most of the weather. They've been, some people have been stuck inside for three months straight. They want to go out and do things. So I'm really torn in terms of what, what people should be doing versus what they want to do. And also, I said things like football shouldn't have come back and lots of other things. So actually, if, you, if they can make an argument for, for things like football to come back, then why can't they make the argument for them to kind of go out and, and enjoy themselves? I hear what you're saying, but everyone's so close together, ran together, mm. and I'll sound like a hypocrite of like, obviously I want the football to come back and I want things to get back as normal, semi-normal, but I want people to be safe and there's, it's, it's not over. Mm. It's not over and everyone's thinking and getting together and then before you know it, it's somehow someone's contracted it and then they've gone home to their family and then it's, mm. it, I just think it was just a bit premature, like the government was definitely saying it, it coming back I don't agree with that this whole two metres to one metre thing I don't agree with that yeah I think if they just stuck to their guns or just kept a clear guideline like you said mm. it's vague and ambiguous people can interpret it however they want I know you can meet in different bubbles you can meet with different people you can do all types of shit I just think it was this I can understand why people have gone to Bournemouth I don't agree with it uh, and you won't catch me in no beach, personally. I know I'm moving to near the beach soon, but you won't catch me <laughs> congregating in no beach with people like that, man. Fuck that, I'll stay in my gut. Yeah. What are you saying about it, Carl? Um, I mean, yeah, I saw I saw the imagery, and it just, it just looked insane. It looked like people was going on holiday, man. Um, the beach was... It looked more than that. It, it, it looked like a scene from the Notting Hill Carnival. Like, you know, like when you see the, the overhead view with like a million people squashed together mm-hmm. in the streets. It looked like something like that. Um, which is obviously completely inappropriate at this time. You would have thought people would know that we're still supposed to be doing social distancing so you can't go to the beach. But um, I think what's happened is uh, because the lockdown laws have 
been restricted, people mm. have slowly started to think, oh, we can go back to normal. Um, and I guess all it takes is is one or two people to go to the beach and then the word gets out and then the lovely weather as well and everyone starts thinking, yeah, you know what, let's go to the beach. Maybe not everybody's going to be having the same idea as me. <laughs> and then you get there and everybody's got the same idea. Well, everyone's gone to the same beach. There's like, we're, we're an island. I don't understand why everyone's gone to the same beach. Um, this, that, was there something going on? There's some, there's some pretty crappy beaches around, aren't there? Yeah, so. but there's some amazing beaches as well. And I know, right, the sea's not great. It's not like the Mediterranean or, you know, whatever. But why was everyone, why has everyone gone to that one space? Is there something I've missed? Yeah, I just think it's, it's, but again, even once you get there, then it's like, oh, should I Bare stay, people. should I not go? Yeah, but if say that you've driven down for an hour to go there, then can you just turn around and, and dip out? You can't really. So I, I personally think that, um, yeah, I think if the government guidance was a lot stronger on this, I think it negates these things. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, you, I think this has been proof that you can't really rely on people to make their own decisions because they tend to make a lot of the wrong ones. Well, people are stupid now. I'm sorry, like the average person, they voted in the Conservative government, they voted for Brexit, they voted in Donald Trump. I mean, people have been lied to, but the, um, the average person, they need a lot of schooling and, and they can't think for themselves. And that's why social yeah. media is so powerful. But you know what? I think that goes back to, sorry to interrupt you, I think that goes back to critical thinking given yeah. school. And yeah. I actually think when we go back to education, a lot of things are spoon-fed to us. So naturally, mm. people will become used to being spoon-fed things. So whatever's given to them, they don't go and critique or they don't go and try to analyse to actually yeah. be like, okay, actually, no, this is, this is right. I don't actually believe this. Yeah. So actually, if you are someone who does that, you're actually in the minority, when that mm. should be the majority. We should be able to be like, well, no, this doesn't make sense. What they're saying is this, but everyone is just so used to taking on board. Yeah, that's that's what I should have said. Yeah, maybe not stupid, but yeah, they just need to have critical thinking and not be a sheep and just not mm. follow the masses and just think for yourself. And that's becoming less and less so on social media and just the news and what you're fed and stuff like that. So I don't know. It was it was disappointing to see that. Um, it was disappointing to see. Did you see the street party in Brixton? Madness. Let's talk Mad. about it. Let's talk about let's it. So, go, for people, so people that, right, just to some back, uh, some context. So just before that, in Bournemouth, people, half a million of people met up on the beach and it was just during the, it was it was labelled a national emergency, wasn't it? Because everyone met up and it was such an issue with this COVID pandemic. So that was an issue in the news. Also, uh, around the same time last week, uh, there was a street party in and around Brixton, I think around Angel Town or so, just up from Brixton Academy, from mm. right or wrong, and then yeah. street party, uh, people coming together, and then the police came to sort of shut it down, and then it just went left. Yeah, it just completely went, left. Did you, see, did you see that girl Snapchat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is where I was born and grown up, and this is the so so again my thing is this so street parties there's been a couple um there was one in i think north there was one, there was in, one in notting hill yeah there was another there was one in south beforehand as well um this was crazy but then what then happened after that was there was another um incident where some guys there was then a, a dispute with some local residents mm. that ended up there being a knife um the yeah, I saw the footage, the fighting, yeah, the his, yeah. his face got wet up. Yeah, and I just think... Out. Yeah, it's not like, good. But, but you know what it is? I, 
I, it's not that I understand it. I can never sit here and say I, I, I understand it. But what I do get is just the built-up emotion of wanting to kind of go out and wanting to do certain things and, and actually just saying, you know, I want to be out and about and, and experience and stuff. And I just think there's... Every, the, the tensions with everything is just really rife at the moment. So obviously with things like the Black Lives Matter, with COVID, with even like we're looking at Yemen as well. There's so much going on in the world that's making people kind of sad and um, and on edge. So something like the police going down to something like that, it's not going to take much for it to kick off. And mm. I think that's where we're at as a community at the moment. It doesn't take much for things to go from zero to 100 really, really quickly. So there definitely needs to be a bit more due diligence with how we handle situations, how we even go into situations as people who are going to be participants as well as kind of law enforcement. And yeah, we just need to get a bit more understanding back into this world because I feel that's, that's been one of the biggest casualties of 2020, that understanding and patience. Mm. Wow. And just, yeah, try and build this, this fragmented relationship with the police. I know, I know in some areas and communities, it's been broken beyond repair, you could argue, but I just feel that that link with the police in the area and supporting the community. Like, look, these these people, yeah, I mean, at the Brixton riots, I'm sorry, I don't even say Brixton riots, that makes it sound worse than it was. It was just like, they, they ran the police out of the end. They, they kicked in the police car that I'm looking in now. Um, I don't know, it's just, this is, the world's just fucking going up in flames <laughs> at the minute, man. It's all kicking off. Not good, not good. So the heat got to people, the drink got to people, people's more, you know, people's anger, like you're saying, people's anger and frustration has been has overspilled and it's now being taken out on on the police and, and everything else and one another. So we just want people to be safe, man. Cal, I don't know if you've seen the footage or, or what your thoughts were on what happened in Brixton. I didn't, I didn't, so I'm literally hearing all of this for the first, I've seen uh, one or two comments on social media, but I didn't actually see the actual incident unfold itself, so I'm, I'm just listening to you guys like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, what I did see is I saw an argument uh, going back and forth with somebody comparing what the police did in Brixton and, and why weren't the police there in Bournemouth, you know, they were kind of comparing the, the two different approaches to how these two different groups of people, because it was predominantly you know, white people on the beach in Bournemouth and predominantly black people in Brixton, apparently. Although, like I said, I haven't seen the incident in Brixton, so I can't really uh, uh, verify that myself. But I did see the argument going back and forth. Um, and it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a time when we, we do need a lot of that patience that Ash was talking about. Um, I did think that was a very interesting point he raised there. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I just think in general, we don't really live in a, a very tolerant society. We kind of have um, zero tolerance to a lot of things, being that, you know, we, we are a bit of a conservative country, you know. Um, there's only certain things that we're prepared to tolerate, you know. Uh, I think even if people don't vote for the Conservative Party, they still have conservative values. Yeah, um, you said, yeah, you said that before. Yeah, it's a, it's a conservative country. Um it's just a shame. I don't know, like, the police, where they were during the Bournemouth with the half a million people setting up shop or moving people on. Uh, it may be the only thing I could think of, maybe in Brixton, was sort of the timing of the music and, um, I don't know, both were wrong, in my opinion, you know, sort of, 
but you can understand why people are going out or don't condone it again. So we just want people to be safe. If you are going out there, just keep, you know, just keep your distance and stuff. Um, even when the pubs are opening. Yeah, man. Jeez, this turned into a very serious conversation, eh? Well, this is, needs to be needs to be spoken about, man. It's it's, it's the news. It's what's going on. Um, serious time, I suppose. Yes, it's important. It's important that we have these conversations, and I think. Like I said, like, there's mad stuff going on that some people are like taking convenient views on. Um, even in the, the couple of weeks ago when there was a Black Lives March, uh, Black Lives Matter March, and then the week after that when a lot of the guys um, went to protect the, sta- protect the statues, um, even the way that that was recorded was very, very different. So they were fine, but then a couple of small skirmishes. But then the one or two small skirmishes that happened through the Black Lives Matter marches mm. were, uh, we've had another event and it's not right that, that they're doing this and doing that. So I think convenient reporting is something that we're going to, has always oh, yeah. been around. It's going to continue to be around. But I think now people are able to kind of be there with their phones and almost be just like, not rogue journalists, but um, kind of um, unqualified or, un, or un, like non-professional journalists you're starting to see a balance of the actual picture. So I saw some crazy stuff going on um, a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't really hear much of it in the news. But then you'll hear other things. Like you said, where were the police for this, but the police were there. And don't get me wrong, the street party is wrong, but it's all wrong. And that's the issue. Like, it's it's all wrong, so it should all be dealt with or, or at least be spoken about as being yeah. wrong. People use your common sense and just do the right thing. And don't be a dick. Big up, don't be a dick podcast as well. Go check them out because <laughs> people need to be together. Right. It's, the concept of their podcast is just more relevant than ever, isn't it? Yeah, no, big up, big up. <laughs> like the lads and all that. So, right, oh, it's going to be deep. Right, let's pick it up, let's pick it up, let's pick it up. Um, I haven't watched this thing, the school that tried to end racism. I haven't watched it yet, but it sounds really interesting. Um, I know I put it in the notes and I, I flopped by not researching it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your honesty, man. I actually thought you was about to expand and go in on it. Um, uh, but uh, God, t- t- tell, tell us what you know, though. Um, there was a school. <laughs> <laughs> and they tried to end racism. <laughs> and they tried to end racism. Now, basically, it was a secondary school. I don't know the ins and outs. So forgive me, listeners. Forgive me, man, then. But um, they tried to split well, they've not tried. They've, they've taken a class for a year group and they've split them sort of uh, black and white and then talking to them about experiences, exposing them to, to different culture. It's on all four. Thank you, Cal, bringing up the notes. Ever efficient. Uh, it says here, uh, the students tested on unconscious racial bias. The best friends are shocked by the results and a 12-year-old biracial girl is keen to find out what racial group she belongs in. This is fascinating for mm. all Biracial children, mixed race children, or mixed race people um, that they see identify themselves as black, white, in the middle. Uh, are they celebrating the other side of you know their heritage? Does their family expose them to their other side? This opens up a whole other conversation. So definitely check it out and educate yourself and educate others around you because this is, if anything, Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's been going on has shown us that we need to educate ourselves more, whether it's on our own history, whether it's on black history, whether it's on black British history, whether it's on American history. Do you know what I mean? So education is key. 
you know what this sounds like to me from from reading that from you reading out that little uh, synopsis there it kind of sounds like it's an expansion on the doll test concept um so we've had uh obviously your uh your longtime friend daryl blake on the podcast uh shout out to daryl who um kind of rehashed the doll test concept and did his own version of it um and it seems like channel four have done something similar but maybe taking it to the next level where instead of working with infants and checking them for racial unconscious racial bias they've gone with what seems to be like almost um teenage uh children so you know, you, you, uh, is old children a phrase? Is that even a... <laughs> I don't teenagers. know how you a phrase, because they're not infants. They're oh, ch- teenagers. Old, they're not quite teenagers yet. So. Oh, they're pre- pre-pubescent children. So oh, wow. Okay. When you're coming to this age... So, no, pre-pubescent is like 11, 12. So, before teenagers, you know, just as you're coming through puberty, just as you sort of... You're getting hair, you're getting your period, you, you know... Your yeah. voice is changing. So this is this would be like year seven for us, year seven, year eight, I suppose, in, in schools in UK. But it's, it's, it's too- interesting that they've chosen sorry to, to interrupt you, I was just gonna say it's interesting that they've chosen that age. I wonder if there's an explanation on why they specifically went for that age group. Um and it seems like there's a couple of episodes here, so maybe we can watch them every week. There'll be more episodes coming out. Maybe they'll go to different uh, age groups and different areas, different schools. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. But it looks interesting, it looks worth a watch, man. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see the area, so definitely check it out. Big up Channel 4 for trying to do this. Because our school was, our school was, was multicultural. I'd like to think that we, we went to school uh, and you know in a, in a multicultural year group where we had uh, Asian, white, black, mixed everyone together, friends, whatever. So, you know, yeah, definitely. We came from a borough us. culture, man, so, you know. Um, maybe our experience is going to be a bit different to um, what some other people's experience is. Mm, that definitely puts, puts us in good stead for later on in life at university and, and the working world when we meet other people. So, Ash, I know your school, is yours mixed or was it? Yeah. No, I went to all boys school. <clears throat> and, oh, yeah. But my school was in the middle of central London, so in Victoria. And when I tell you about eclectic mixes, like it doesn't get more mixed than my school. So you had all the guys from South, you had people from Central London, we had people of like millionaire families, um, we had guys that lived in council estates and struggled, um, we had all races. Um, I love school. School's actually one of my favourite times and I constantly go back to it um, mm. with my, my, my best friend who's from that school and some of my other friends. But yeah, just being in that environment and it's weird because racism wasn't really a thing in school like I can never sit down and really think okay it was like this group against that group or someone said anything that was mad or like everyone was just so harmonious and I think again we lived in an age before certain things like social media like technology where there was a level of purity we still had to kind of knock for someone and you didn't care what their colour of their skin was if you're my friend you're my age mate you're my age mate and I just think some so like some of the issues are becoming more and more kind of pushed as an agenda now. Whereas before it was just like, oh, like they're my mate. Like even with my son, I speak to him sometimes, he just says, Yeah, that's he's just my friend. He doesn't see colour, he doesn't see those things. So I think a lot of the the, 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 the talk about racism 
does come from nurture um and that because naturally if you just kind of come in you see someone they're a human it's not until things are nurtured or things are kind of created through society through media through discussion through mm. prejudice then then it actually becomes an issue the only time i think of any like racial divide at our school was when we had cal do you remember when we had the football match we had like white boys versus black boys football match for banter everything we did was just banter really like if in our school you had to have thick skin because you people were cussing each other on the regular like mum this is cussing each other for banter so the only time we had that was for football and then maybe like a fight like once but I know in other boroughs they had like maybe a bit more divide but no we was mixed man I like Do you remember any of those uh, your mama cusses from back in the day um, your mum was so fat that when she uh, tripped and fell over gravy poured out of her leg. <laughs> That's so ridiculous, man. Your mum's so, so old she owes Jesus a fiver. <laughs> your mum's so fat she can't fit through the door frame. Your mum's so short we can see her feet on her passport picture. This... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, your mum's so oh, I can't your even mom's so fat she's got a gravitational pull your mum's so fat she jumped up in the air and got stuck <laughs> your mum's so fat she used the equator as a belt <laughs> uh, you're so ugly that when you were born the doctor slapped your mum <laughs> <laughs> classic yeah exactly there used to be there used to be a programme called Snaps I don't know if you remember it it might even be on YouTube it's an American thing but people would just roast each other just cuss each other like on a, on a street level and just be constantly like um it's like a cussing I, match that's that's kind of what we used to do man we just go back and forth cussing each other just for bents we used to cuss each other walking to school we used to cuss each other walking back from school we used to cuss each other going to the shop that's just what it was isn't it <laughs> you know, you, but you know what's crazy with that sometimes you didn't even need to put something else it'd just be that like, yeah but your mum like that was that was enough <laughs> you didn't even have to put anything on top of it da, 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 yeah but your mum Oh yeah, that would be that end end of argument, or oh, swinging. Someone swinging. Straight swinging. You, you, you had to have thick skin. You had to be able to cuss. Mm. And I think, like diss each other. Like I say, cuss. Like you had to sort of be able to to snap on each other and say certain things. And some of cows and my mates had was sharp with the tongue boy. Like if you certain man would cry or you'd just be you couldn't say nothing. And it's hard when you've got about twelve men laughing, fifteen men laughing at you. You've got to be. Bang, 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 bang. You've got to be so quick with it. It's ridiculous. So, big up the school days, man. Big up the school massive. Big up the ladies at school as well. Big up everyone. Yeah. School days. Yeah, all, 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 all five of them in sixth form. Yeah, big them up. <laughs> but you was in your sixth form? Yeah, so there were some girls that came to our sixth form. Um, <laughs> Bro, but... I, bet they, I bet they opened the door. As soon as they walked through, all the men just stopped and looked up and was like, it was a crazy environment. But then we, my sixth one was paired with a mixed school and then a girl's school down the road. So the girl's school is called Grey Coats. I went to Westminster City Boys. And then the mixed school was Pimlico. Um, so nice. I would, I would, my plan was to go to Grey Coats to do psychology. But I got back late because I was on holiday and mm. all of those spaces went. So I ended up just staying in my school. Um, yeah. It would have been probably cool to go to a girls' school for a couple of years. But well, if he was the only boy, it wouldn't have been cool to go to a girls' school, but a mixed school. No, a couple, no. So, so basically, their sixth form's open as well. So their sixth form would have some of the boys from my school and from other places. So. Yeah, 
I couldn't imagine going to a boys' school. Cause, but wherever you go to a boys' school, there's always a girls' school nearby. But I'm glad mm. we had girls in our classes from early. And it definitely helped us navigate our way around the female gender mm. and sort of how to... How to how to how to just be around women, talk girls, and just talk to them and be normal and not be like thirsty or hungry, and just to be like normal. <clears throat> so yeah, man. Big up, big up the school days. It's a reminiscing one. It's a reminiscing one. I do think it depends on like what your friends are like outside of school. So I, I have a lot of female friends that I've grown up with. So I've always been cool around girls. But I do th- I do take the point that some of the guys who just literally stayed with their guys didn't really have any female interaction except for when they were moving to girls. The way they moved to the girls was wild. <laughs> I, I, I come here, I come here, uh, but I'm talking to you. Oh, you don't want to chat to me? Oh, you're butters anyway. Oh, that's... Someone's there. Um... <laughs> that is the funniest thing ever. I'll, that would never not be funny. You know what? That just reminded me of a time when that actually happened to me. Um, back when I was a teenager... I was in Wolverstow Central bus station and a girl tried chatting me up. And I just wasn't attracted to her. So I wasn't really feeling it. Like, I wasn't rude or nothing. But I was just like, eh. she's like, what, 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 you want to give me your number? And I was just like, well, yeah, not really. Are your butters anyway? And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> it, was weird. it was a weird role reversal because I'd seen a lot of men react like that when chatting up girls before. Uh, she must have been hard body. Was she like Dench? Was she like man? Um, did she have the black gloves on and the tracksuit and like <laughs> super <mold. laughs> no, no, she, she was a hood tougher girl. Um, she was a bit shorter than me. And at the time I was quite attracted to taller, taller uh, uh, women. And um I yeah, think she's yeah. you still. Uh, can you imagine if she tried to like hot you up and like run your pockets and tap you down? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What? Jump up and down. What give me your number? <laughs> we got for me. Hey, we got for me. Don't be a menace. What is it? Don't be a menace um when he takes a number and he puts the gun to her head. Don't be a menace to South Central in the hood. <laughs> Run them digits. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, I don't know what it's like. I just used to be like, "Yeah, can I talk to you?" Excuse me, miss. What's your name? And then, I'd, then they'd be surprised. I'd be trying to draw them, and then it'd be yes or no. But confidence is key. What I learned growing up: if you didn't have confidence and the swagger to go and speak to a girl, then you she would have gone. Someone else would have intervened. Someone else would have would have drawn her. So it's either you keep up and you, you try and draw someone, or she's gone, and then or someone else has drawn her. Or like the, like you get a white, you know, you're trying to get a dance with her in it. If you're thinking, oh, should I try and wind on her? Should I dance with her? And then before you know it, someone's just made the beeline, and then slipped in. You're just there, dry. <laughs> Trust me, I learned quick from a young age, boy. Especially at carnival, especially at carnival. If you just sort of, if you if you overthink things, you're not patterning anything. Yeah, it's long piece still. Then early holidays, if you if you're standing like, if you overthink things, you can forget about it. You forget go, about it. Go with confidence. Just be like, yeah. How you doing? There you go. That's some bars, uh, some game from a married man there for anyone that's single. So take heed, take heed, man. Just be polite. Just be. Just how you end up putting a ring on it. 
Just be honest and polite. Anyway, moving on, moving on, moving on. Um, Ashley finally finished Ozark. You want to talk about it? No, I haven't. I've still got two more episodes to go. I planned to finish it last night, but I just... All right. I'll just maybe skip it because if people ain't... I don't know if people have watched it or not because it's... It's good. It's a little bit older now, but yeah, like, it's okay. Everyone was gassing it. I don't think it's as good as the gas, but it was it was cool. It was cool. It's... It's, it is good. It is good. It is worth the gas, but it's not like up there, up there with the gas, other things. It's not like up there with the wire or Sopranos mm. or Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones. But it's, it's yeah, good. or Line of Duty. Well, we spoke about this the other day, Cal, flying about Line of Duty. But yeah, definitely Ozark is worth watching. Um, I want to get into some music because there's a lot of music to get into. How are we doing for time? Um, yeah, we've, we've been uh, yeah. progressing. Uh, about probably about 50 minutes now. Should we get through these things? Ash, how are you doing for time? You're gonna, yeah, if we quickly like race through, I can hang around for a bit longer. Um, cool. so uh, I'll, I'll kick off with uh, some of the UK music. Um, oh, do you want to talk about the, the Jada versus Fab thing first? Seeing as we're all fans, I don't know, Ash, uh, let's go, let's one. go. Why not? Why not? Let's get our teeth yeah, into it, yeah, because that's I might disappear after that. So on Monday it was is meant to be the versus battle. So um, two of New York's finest, uh, fab, fabulous, representing Brooklyn and Jada, representing Yonkers from the Lux, D Block, meant to be doing the versus battle uh, Monday. June 29th, 8 p.m. Eastern time, so whatever time that is in England, I don't know. That's going to be like... 1 a.m. Yeah, 1 a.m. That's, that's definitely a YouTube thing for me the next day because I've got work in the morning. I ain't trying to stay <laughs> But I'm, I'm definitely excited about this. So I put it to one of my WhatsApp groups and there's been a healthy discussion. I know we've had a healthy discussion. I'm just mm. going to open up the floor. Fab versus Jada. Who you got? Uh, I'm just going. I think we're just going album tracks. If we're just going album tracks, or it's maybe the, or not mixtapes, but yeah, hey, Ash. It's the battle of the spellers. F A B O L O U S. U S. You just lay down. So, yeah. This one's saying that's the J A D A. I got beef in the fed to the D A. Come on, like I'm, so, I'm Jada. Like I'm definitely, definitely Jada. Um, I, I, I've got a lot of love for Fabulous. Um, but for me, Fabulous doesn't have that album that I'm just like, yes. I think Kiss has it with um, Kiss the Game Goodbye. I think his first album is just so elite. Um, I know you left a couple of the tracks off of your, your list, Ben. One so track, Ben's got a, one track, one track, and two, then I added it. Two? No, no, what was the second one? The Nas one you were talking about. Yeah, so the Nas, you... Um, you put your hands up, I added. Yeah, put your hands up. I forgot up. about that one, I forgot about and, that one. Um, What's the one I put in the, the thing? Um, the none of you are better. Yeah, no, none of you are better. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. What? In a clash? No, no, no. Come on, bro. Come on, so, bro. Put some respect on these guys' names, isn't it? You're better than this. You know what you have to tell a man? Hey, big man, you're better than this, you know? So you saying, you saying about... So first of all, did you, did you check the playlist? Because I, I sent it out. I, no, I did. It, but... I did. I probably sat down and I went through it. And that's when I noticed all that. There's not enough from Kiss the Game Goodbye. There's a reason my... for that. There's a reason for that. Ooh, here we go. Well, just because it's 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 all right. It's good. It's solid. But it's like for me, early Jada was the best Jada. So 
Lux, Jada, Kiss the first album, Jada, and then he sort of, it just stays consistently just above average throughout his career with one or two good lead songs. Um, There's definitely a lot of bangers in this playlist. Um, the one with Anthony Hamilton is one of my favourites as well. Why? Yeah. Um, but if you're That's... talking, I don't know, for a clash, I feel like you need those hard bodies. Yeah. Raw, no, you, kinda, need... you know, like, so for, like when, when you drop We Gonna Make It, as soon as you, as soon as you hit a, um, fuck the frail shit. Use the skill that they made the whales with. Oh, come on, man. Wow. Clash done. Mad. Done. Over. Stop. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. The, that's... the wheel up on that is nuts. <laughs> yeah, of course. That of course. That's, and that's why I put it in there. And what I did with the playlist, this is how bored I was at work. I went through all Jada first, and then I put Jada and Fab, Freddy vs. Jason in the middle, and then ended mm. with Fab, rather than go back and forth, because I couldn't predict what they're playing. You're not going to put Jada's, one of his top, top records, like um, We Gonna Make It, against one of Fab's top, top records. And then like you're not going to put their... They're two Neptune, they're two Pharrell Neptune records against each other because mm. they, so in a clash, it's up to them how they pattern it. I just went, mm. so my thinking was, and then and this is just my opinion. I've just gone through the albums and I'm thinking hard records and also songs that have a bigger picture, like a crossover appeal or songs that you could play in a clash that appeal to all people. Otherwise, you're just going to play like greasy, greasy Jada Kiss bars, and then in in that regard, he's greasier than um, fabulous. So he's going to win in that regard. If you want music to listen to while you're lifting weights or <laughs> you're just on your grizzle, then you're going to write the Jada. But if you want something a bit more finessed and smooth with punchlines, you're going to go with, and a bit more soul, you're going to go with fab. So that was my thinking. Um, <clears throat> yeah, can't lie. Um, you did inspire me to, to, to get into to Fabulous uh, quite a bit yesterday. And I listened to... Um, uh, I, I did the uh, the Apple because I'm a I'm more of a uh, iTunes yeah. kind of guy, Apple Music and that. And I did the the Apple Essentials playlist mm. for both artists. And um, I gotta admit, I did think Fabulous's playlist was absolutely insane. Yeah, come on. Compared to Jada's, it it was like, well, because I didn't realize. I think we've had these arguments before where I've kind of sided with Jada for the bars and the, the kind of hardcore style, but I can't deny that. Fabulous has been consistently putting out, you know, like when you, you, it might go over your head at first and then you go back to it and you're like, wow, that mm. was actually a back. Like, he's been putting out great music that is just Fab, a little bit Fab's more on, consistent. I think. I think Fab's more consistent. I just think Jada's peak is higher. So that's why I'll go for, I'll go for Jada. Because I think there's a couple of albums that Jada's done which are like, meh. Mm. They're so meh. Whereas with Fab, it's very, very rare that he puts an album out that's meh. I do think his mixtapes are just complete fire, like soul tapes, Summertown Shootout. Like, that's the thing, because I think if you go for albums, I think Jada wins. If you go for their overall catalogue and everything they've done in terms of consistency, I can actually see the argument for Fab over Jada. Interesting. See, this is the U-turn I've had to do now, because even when you <laughs> listen to um, that, what was it called, Friday on Elm Street or whatever bloody mm. collab project they did together? Freddie V. Jason, mm. yeah. Um so, even on that, like, when you hear them rhyming together, Fabulous, like, seems to come with some more kind of just lyrical, um, just, just, poet. I think he's he's a bit more poetic um, and a bit more clever with his, his wordplay. And, uh, and there's a bit more meaning behind what he's trying to say. Like, I just kind of got the impression that 
Jada was more just kind of just spitting bars. Just like, you know, like on the street corner, kind of freestyle spitting bars, coming with some punchlines. And it's like, oh, that was hard. But then Fabulous is doing a little bit more creatively and um, even like mm. social commentary. And um, and I, I just resonated towards Fabulous a lot more than, than Jada Kiss, man, which is which is surprising for me because I was expecting to side with Jada before listening to these two playlists, man. You know, you know what I think happens sometimes? I think sometimes we look at how rappers age. And I think if I look at it, Fabulous is maybe age better than Jada. Hundred percent. I think that's well, a, I think that's I think that's a fairer thing to say. I think like 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 what Ben said. When you go back to like the old school stuff, like if I think of classics, I'm gonna go for Jada over Fab. But now more recently, I probably have been listening to a lot more Fab than Jada, just because I think Jada's recent stuff hasn't been that good. If I'm honest, I think it's an interesting point you you, you say like they they've aged well. I think Fab like. Fabulous with his music and his whole fashion and style and swag and he's put mm. songs together can be a sign of the times in each uh, project or, or, or mixtape or sort of decade where like you had the you had the Mitchell and Ness throwbacks and the fitteds and then the, the the Ashanti and sort of the girly R and B songs and now the soul tapes are a lot more smoother and he's it, it fits into different time periods where Jada, you could hear any Jada verse, and the only thing you could tell different was that his voice becomes a bit raspier and harder. Mm. And so he hasn't changed as much with the times, if you know what I mean. Like he started to make more heartfelt records about his his friend who passed, or about uh, the letter to Big, which is a classic mm. as well. So I think Fab's moved with the times, maybe because his styles had to. Where Jay's has stayed in that lane. And he's just been hard and then little mm. sprinkles of alternative stuff. And I see it like boxing. Like Fab's been like he's silky smooth in and out and, and can switch it up a little bit where Jade is just coming at you, bang, bang, coming at you, just coming at you. What are you saying? Is, it, is, it, is this like Mayweather versus Tyson? Do you know what? It's almost not quite, not quite. I think it's almost like um, Jada kisses like Golovkin, Triple G, just non-stop, just goes at you in one direction. <laughs> and can't really, can mix it up, but not really. Like, he'll throw some body shots, but it's just the, the IQ and the boxing is just there where where Fab could be like... Canelo. Mm, I would say, yeah. I mean, I don't want to compare him to Mayweather because obviously Mayweather's like the greatest... Mm. Arg- greatest of all time and I don't I'm not saying Fab's the greatest of all time but the way they can he can slip it and move around and um, maybe like a Lomachenko just switch it up so they're, they're silky and they're, he's smooth and you can see that with his whole swag and there's, there's a whole approach to it but it's a really interesting clash or celebration of music and also that they did a joint mm. project together. and what I think mm. is personally on the joints that they did do together on the Friday on Elm Street like I was more of a fan of Fab on those records as well, personally. Um, so, all right, Mad Noise, what's that? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, what is that, bro? Oh, sorry, that was that was that was my ear. That was like a lot of wax in my ear. And oh, like, come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that the mic was picking it up because my ear is so far away from the mic, man. Apologies. I'm joking. It's cool. It's, I, I, I thought someone was uh, knocking something on the table. He's clearing his ears, ready to listen to the clash again. Anyway, mm. um, all in all, it's going to be really good, and it's opened a lot of debate. Like half the people are going with Jada, half the people are going with Fab. I'm going with yeah. Fab, just personally. I'm going with Jay. I'm going with Jay. 
But then to be fair, the winner of this clash for me will be Styles P because he's my favourite. <laughs> and you know what? I was conscious. I was conscious of not putting those too many of those back and forths on the playlist because I think Jada's best stuff for me, his he's best verses. Yeah. So you look at um, you look at we gonna make it back and forth. You look at Band from TV, which is mm. I think one of my Classic. greatest records of all time. Like Nature's Verse, not Nature's Verse, but yeah, Nature's Verse to kick it off, but. Jada we're not going back and forth yeah and, and they even are... on keeping it even on, even on keeping it gangster the remix on Fab's tune when they, when they, when they, when they go back and forth on that it's yeah that's like what I mean it's, yeah, it's mind blowing so, but that's like a cheat that's like a cheat code that's like Fab doing all these bait girl records like like Superwoman with Mo and stuff like that or whatever it is so oh, I love I love that tune though see what I mean <laughs> see what I mean and also these records you can play these my thinking was that you can play these in a club, you can play these with a girl, you can play these with your friends, you can play these well, in a car. This is, this is why it seems like, when you listen, it seems like Fabulous is a better artist, man. He's got more range, he's more versatility, he's making better music. Like, oh, he's a better artist, without a doubt. He's got and he's bangers for the club, and he's got those, those, those ones that, that you know, the girls will like to listen to as well. And then the so brand new ones for the mandem. He's got, he's got a bit of everything. But then that's interesting. Um, and I think then, he's got better collabs. Sorry, I just want to say I think he's got yeah. better collabs than Jada Kiss has got as well. Like he's hundred percent. He's been strategically using collaborations better. No, hundred percent. I think the argument then is: Are we looking at who's a better rapper or who's a better artist? Because oh, they yeah. are they are slightly different things. Sorry to interject, Cat earlier on. Yeah, right. I think like what you were saying there, I would completely agree with that. If I think about some of his collabs and his features, I could probably sit down and say, you know what. Fab's definitely stronger in that, in that thing, that that lane and more consistent. But I mm. think sometimes if you just like, some people are just barers. So if you just look at raw raw rapping skill, I definitely think you can make an argument for one. But if you look at them as an overall artist, it's, it takes a bit more than just rapping lyrical miracle for fifteen minutes. Yeah. lots of them can do that. So yeah, I think i still stick with jada but if anyone says to me anything different i can completely understand their argument it should be and good to see i'm looking well, forward to i'm looking forward to seeing the songs that they release um mm-hmm. against each other and then what someone usually does is puts a playlist together of those tracks like when tracks. they did when they did the rizzo versus primo someone put that together um i'm looking forward to this versus uh just as much as i look forward to the rizzo and primo one the other the other verses were you know were cool not not my thing. Like the really? Eric, well, the Erica Badu, Jill Scott one, I can appreciate it. I'm not the biggest dancehall fan, so the Bounty Killer <laughs> and Beanie Man, I can appreciate it for what they did live, like with the whole band back and forth. That was phenomenal. That was and the best one, man. Yeah. No, of course it was the best one, but, but for what they did, it was it was like a proper clash when went tuned and then they, then they were spitting, they were chatting and, and, and that harks up to sort of our culture here with Grime. And the back to back and, and getting the mic and and then spitting over like the that um the dance record that the Ghanaian pool bearers you know the the electro song that Bounty Killer yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah man I, th- I think it was it was um yeah, sorry, yeah, it was Bounty that drawed for that, innit? You could see Beanie Man's face as well. He was like, oh, snap, you went and drawed for this one on me. <laughs> yeah, them man are shining. They're, they're, they're the best. When it comes to live performances, like, you can't mess with, like, the dance or stuff. But So I'm really looking forward to this. And what's good is that they're friends and there's mutual respect. And they came out roughly the same time. I know Fab, yeah, was it roughly the same time? 
maybe Jay, oh no, Locks was before. Because I remember there was on Life After Death and they used to be called Warlocks. I remember some old freestyles and stuff. So, um, and, and Fabulous is more from the Clue, Clue era and Desert Storm. So, I think that was wait. Puffy's influence there in maybe taking the word war out of their name to make yeah. them a bit, a bit less, seem like less sort of warmongering and less violent. Um, shiny suits and and just kind of rebranding as the locks with the shiny suits, as you yeah. say. Because yeah. Money, Power, Respect is a, is a phenomenal, like, great album. Uh, yeah. But I took one Jadakus record off that, which uh, the um, uh, All For The Love. So, and that was a solo, solo tune from the locks album. But yeah, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be dope. That leads us nice into some of the projects. So, okay, you're going to kick start with some some UK projects for the music. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Lady Leisure. Um, by the way, Ash, I know you're pressed for time. If, if you need to drop off, feel free. Um, yeah, you know what, guys? I'm going to say I'm going to just depart here. Um, it's been it's been real. Um, loved it. And yeah, team team Jada. Um, I know you guys are going to go on to it, but yeah, the Tiana Taylor album is really nice as well. So a good listen. Um, so? Yeah, so, so, so is Black as well. But yeah, no, guys, enjoy. Um, yeah. Hope everyone has an, has an amazing week. Stay blessed um, and grow in patience and, and understanding. That's my message to leave on. Thanks, Ashman. So yeah, it, Lady Leisure. Did she make this in quarantine? Was this like a quarantine project? Um, it was a quarantine project. I, f- I believe she called it Quarant Queen. Um, and um, it, she's literally just going off, just just flexing her frustrations, just venting. Um, and I quite like this this thing that's happening now, where a lot of artists are reflecting the current mood of the times in their music, and that's mm. exactly what she did. She just put all of her I'm sort of you know, uh, boarded up at home and I can't go out and I can't perform and I can't do this and I can't do that. And it's just like the whole album just goes off. Um, so if you're a fan of Lady Leisha, you're probably going to like this. There's only seven tracks on it. It's a little short little EP. Um, you know, she gets the bars in. She raps really quick. She does the rapidly, rapidly, rapidly rap. Yeah, um, but she's got so. punchlines, man, and flows. I think she's up there. She's definitely one of my favourite UK artists, full stop. One of my favourite artists, full stop. Um, so yeah, and it's good to see she dropped the quarantine project because I know Little Sims dropped her project during quarantine as well. Uh, I know you reviewed it a few weeks back uh, and that was done during sort of lockdown. So like you said, it's good to see artists using these times to put some productive stuff out. Would you Most say? Definitely. I think she's, the, she's up there, man. She's definitely one of the best in the UK. They both are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, uh, yeah, yeah, 100%, man. And um, now that I've kind of scrolled back down through Apple Music to see this Lady Leisha album, I've seen some other ones I forgot to mention uh, that I was listening to at the time. Yeah, go uh, for it. So we've got uh, Mike Righteous. Mike, can't even say his name probably. Mike Righteous. Shout out to Mike Righteous of the People's Army Collective. He's put out um, a full-length LP here, 15 tracks. It's called Suicycle. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, he's got Logic featured on there. Shout out to Logic. And um, it's, you know, if, if, if you know what Mike is all about, he's, he's a very uh, frustrated artist. That's the way he kind of sounds. Like, he kind of sounds like he's got a chip on his shoulder. And, and he's like, right, like, now, now I'm going to really going to let you know, really going to let, let you feel this, uh, this anger and frustration I've got. 
Uh, and so, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of rage coming across on this. Um, he's maybe started doing a bit of singing and stuff now. Um, so maybe he's he's experimented with his artistry. So if you like Mike Righteous, you can go and check out that Suicide Cycle LP. I did also check out, uh, this is probably my favourite project of the three, going across the pond to the States to check out Dizzy Wright and Demerick. Mm. Um, who've come together to make a, a real just kind of smoke session album called Blaze With Us 2. It's laid back, it's chilled out, uh, it's soulful. Um, and, you know, it's just something you can smoke through. There's like even a, a reggae-flavoured kind of joint they got on there where they're kind of doing like a, you know what I mean? Like some Snoop Lion type of mm. punk roller joint and get high with me type of song. So 15 tracks on that. That's called Blaze With Us 2. Demrick and Dizzy Wright. I really like that. That's my favourite out of the three. I'm going to do um, check Check that out, man, definitely. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. And um, what's the other UK thing, Um Man like Wiley. Godfather. Is this Godfather Volume 3? Yeah. Wow. The work rate. You can't say what you say about Wiley. Love him, I hate him. You cannot deny his work rate. And just being a, the ability just to churn out records and just wrap his arse off, just spit and just ridiculous flows. Um. How are you feeling? How did you take it? Is, it? is it a solid release? Bangs. From front to back. Um, I mean, I know Wiley's one of your favourite artists, so I could imagine you'll be feeling this. Um, yeah. It, 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 goes, it, it goes pretty long. So, you know, I don't know if this is going to fit into our framework of, of a classic album because it might feel like it drags a little bit. Um, but does, it feel, does, it, does it feel like, sorry to cut you, does it feel like it's got a structure to it or does it just feel like it's like, uh, is it sequenced well or does it feel like it's just record after record after no, record and you just put something together it's a really good body of work it flows well the sounds fit well together it's not like you know um, sometimes artists kind of they try and use that formula don't they where they they feel like okay I need one for the clubs and I need one for the radio and I need one and then it just it just kind of feels like a bunch of songs thrown together um, but this is this is like a complete body of work it's got a consistent sound and feel to it um i didn't actually look up all of the production on there actually i did at the time but it's so long ago i can't bloody remember i know wiley obviously made one or two himself but he's worked with some other uh big name producers that we know in the uk uh and it's just it's just a really really solid project man um i would recommend that as um yeah a leading a leading project to check out right now wiley the godfather free he did it again there's banger after banger after banger on there Go get that. Nice. It looks like it's... I wonder if it's an independent release because I know he's always been talking about issues with the labels and distribution and he speaks his mind. He um, he had a really interesting interview with Bazizi Mills um, not too long ago. So check out The Godfather 3. Check I'm out gonna, all, I'm, all I'm of Wiley's old stuff. I want to just highlight a track that I'm really feeling on there. Yeah. Uh, Family. It's called Family. You can't see that there's features on this but there's nothing listed uh, on Apple Music here. <laughs> So I've been, I've had a quick butchers as well. Yeah, this tune, Family, is hard. It's got someone that sounds like he's from up north. He's got one of that, that like a little northern twang to his accent. Uh, but he's got the gravelly kind of grit in his vo- vo- voice as well. And he does the hook. It's family, huh? Don't mess with my family, huh? It's family. Oh, bro, too hot. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, if you do anything up like after the podcast, you need to go and bang that one out. That that that's a flipping anthem. That's like a mosh pit kind of track right there. 
what, hey, listen, there's one thing you can say with Graham if you need sort of to be uh, an uplifting album or project while you're running or in the gym, definitely check it out. Definitely check out Graham. Definitely check out Wiley. So I'm yep. glad you're feeling that. Um, can I carry on? I'm going to carry on flying the flag for the UK. Let's go. We've got uh, Graham Daly drops uh, GRM10, which is like a 10-year anniversary project tied in with uh, the label, well, the label, the, the YouTube channel, and they've basically taken um, loads of drill artists and gram artists and rap artists, merged them all together, and it's called GRM10, and they've merged them all together. And what's really nice on this is that you can hear different artists collaborating on beats that they might not necessarily have jumped on before. So just for an example, some of the standout tracks, we had um, Unknown T, who's a drill artist, and he jumped on with DWE, and it's called Double Trouble. So it's a drill record, but it's got D-double on it. And he just, it fits perfectly. Uh, another Graham drill collab was uh, Gets with RV. And, you know, Gets, one of the best, absolutely smashes this record called NBA with RV out in North London. So I was really feeling some of these. And also the main single that came off of this was Burning with M. Honcho. You know the guy with the mask? Have you seen mm, him? Yeah, man, I know about M. Honcho. He sort of sings, does this whole like trap wave singing thing. Mm. Um, and Dachevelli, which is Steph London's brother. Who's, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you mentioned that before on the podcast. He's yeah. like, got He's hard, did it? Yeah. Yeah, proper like, I think he's from Hackney. Um, I don't know if he's from London Fields or not, but <clears throat> excuse me, but a really good record burning. He looks really tall as well, man. Which one? Both of them are. Da- Dachavelli. Yeah. Uh, yeah, quite uh, overbearing, both of them. Well, one's wearing a mask, you don't know what he's thinking or what he's doing. Um, someone tweeted, I don't think M. Honcho is going to be wearing a mask today in his 30 degree heat. <laughs> <laughs> um so there's oh there's another record on there called Peter Crouch, <laughs> which is a which is a funny metaphor for this guy's sort of weapon. But anyway, nothing check that out. Tall no? Nah, 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 nothing. <laughs> nothing to do with the footballer. But check out ten Graham Daily anniversary edition. Solid, solid mix of Graham and Drill, and then also was Ambush at a Camden. Uh, was sort of championing him a while back with his first single he had um, back in the day it was what was it called I can't even find it now the first single back uh, oh whatever Jumpy Place Buzzworld the first one and then he had Skep and Chip, Chip on the remix anyway he dropped the album Ask My Brother that came out uh, at the beginning of the month and that is another solid album really solid from Ambush if you like Fecky, he's a, he's a lot like Fecky Bars uh, from South London. So if you like Fecky or that up-tempo cross between, I wouldn't call him Drill because he's a, he's a different type of rapper. Um, he definitely, definitely mixes it up. He's got some good storytelling records on here. Uh, EastEnders is strong on there. Mass on Sundays with Gigs is solid on there. Loads of good records on there. Loads of good records. Started on there with D-Double was really good. So big like the Camden lot. We've got Ambush, Buzzworld, Ask My Brother. So that's some hard-hitting music for the gym, for driving around, just to get you motivated. Mm. Or just... I'm getting heck. I think I've been talking about Ambush before, actually. Andrew's heck with me. My wife's heck with me in the background. Yeah, take the bins out. Take the bins out. 
I always take the bins out. It'd be hilarious if she made you. Can I say and take the bins out? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Be hilarious if she actually made you come off the pod and take the bins out. You got quite a following, people. (laughs) People love you. You got fans on the podcast, Andrea. Only fans. Show your feet. (laughs) (laughs) Show some feet pics. (laughs) Talking about this, someone I don't know who we know, or someone was showing talking about showing their feet on OnlyFans and making a killing. Mate, it's a thing that's going on nowadays. People are actually selling feet pics uh, online. Get um, your toes out. Get your toes out. Get your toes out for the lads. For the lads. Get your toes out. For the lads. I used to know someone. Well, I know this a friend of ours. You know him as well. His first ever girlfriend used to have... She used to have a thing about feet. Uh, and him wanting to finish over her feet. <laughs> Is that a bit weird for you? Uh, for me personally, yeah. You got a cheeky look on your face as as you as you kind of said it, and then there was the little the little laugh there. Oh yeah, shit! You can see me, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> Webcam. What? What are you saying? Do you want to be on the podcast or not? This is this podcast all over the place. We've got people coming in and off. Ash has got to go. We've gone well over an hour. Freestarting. I don't personally. I don't. I don't have anything wrong with it, but I wouldn't do it. I don't think it's. I don't know, man. No, but blow my load on your feet. Oh. Why would you? Do you think that's normal? Uh, well, I, maybe it's not normal. Maybe not. Maybe not everybody does that. But I'm into that kind of stuff. I don't know. That's, that's yeah. That's that's uh. It's it's something a little bit different, a little bit freaky, a little bit uh funky. You know. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, shout, shout out to all of the ladies selling feet pics. Selling anything. I'm not buying them, by the way, like in case anybody thought, okay, he's nah. talking about selling feet pics. So no, I, know I know it's I know it's I know it's uh, I know it's Black Pound Day, but we're not we're not gonna be <laughs> Wait, why not? You could go onto a, a black OnlyFans streamer's page and, and buy her feet pics that and support the black economy. Why not? <laughs> It'd be a different <laughs> type of pounding going on. The first one, the first <laughs> episode. I can't believe it's been this late that we fitted it in. Um, pause. Just going back to the music. Yeah. Um... So Big Up Ambush, definitely check that out. Uh, definitely check out the GRM10. Check out Lady Leisha. Check out Wiley. And you said some other giants the from overseas. We've got some projects here that were quite political. I know Run the Jewels dropped a project that went straight to number one. And then Wale, one of my favourites, dropped a a project mad recently, like literally the other day. Um, I've been a big fan of Wale since his first few mixtapes. And then this new project, excuse me, quite, was it the Imperfect Storm? Getting his message across. Um, I liked it at first listen. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go back to too much of it. Uh, I like blue, yellow, green, pink, white, and I like June 5th, uh, which is really strong. Um, it's nice to see Wale doing some conscious sort of social commentary on upbeat music as well. It wasn't all sort of hard-hitting and aggressive. Uh, so I liked it. I don't know if, if you had a chance to listen to it. Um, no, 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 no. Um... I mean, you're a fan of Wale? I mean, I champion Wale a lot, and I've had... Conversations with Dennis. Sorry, like, sorry, go on. This is about um, how, how good he is in in the MMG camp. 
I actually thought you just said a different name just now. Um, yes, Wale. Yeah, I did listen to his album, his EP. Um, and I know he's one of your favorite artists, man. Um, so I thought you would be really excited about that. And um, yeah, I, I just, I, I just like, I just, I don't know. I, I wonder if, like, when there's certain projects I listen to, if I'm a bit biased because I really like the artist. Yeah. And why being, you know, of Nigerian descent, like Wale's a Nigerian name, me being of Ghanaian descent. You know, th- those regions are very close together. Mm. I kind of feel a bit of a connection to him and his music. Um, like there's one where he kind of raps over like some West African sounding music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that type of shit, man. I'm just, just straight away automatically, I'm just saying, this is five pints. It's five pints. It's Wale. Of course it is. Yo, nice. I'm a bit biased. But right. I do think this is strong. Like right from the off, he goes in with like a, a very soulful, you know, mm. on that soulful side of the hip hop spectrum, moving different. Um, and it's like he's got that again we spoke about people capturing the mood of the times with their yeah. with their art and he's done that on Imperfect Storm it's like riot music the first track he's, he's talking about um, riots and police and um, you know and social injustice uh, and and those themes continue throughout June 5th as well June 5th was so, solid yeah I, I just think I, I appreciate I appreciate this project man I think Wale is clearly one of the better artists out, mm. period. No, oh, yeah. I mean, everything he drops, you need to listen to it a few times and let it digest. I gave it a quick listen today. I'm definitely going to go... Well, there's one or two tracks I'm going to go back to. Uh, I was maybe a bit dismissive at first of the upbeat ones, but uh, I want to I check out. I like the inclusiveness of blue, yellow, green, pink, white. Did you see his video not too long ago um, with the Sumi? Uh, sue me I'm rooting for everybody that's black and basically they flipped the video so it was like uh, a role reversal of white guy um, as if he was sort of like a black guy in modern day America uh, getting stopped by the police uh, visiting his dad in jail going to the coffee shop and then being thrown out just from sitting there having a coffee and it was really well twisted I know a few other artists in the past have done role reversal videos like Krypton Conan did something like that. But the Wiley visuals for Sumi is like really good, man. If you get a chance to watch it. Um, yeah, and he re he re put it out, like retweeted it during everything that was going on recently so it could gain more traction because it doesn't get it didn't get the applaudits and, and, and uh, praise that it deserved. And I think sometimes he goes under the radar because he doesn't because he takes himself so serious at times and he's seen he's been seen as a bit of a joke or gimmicky because of his reactions to like complex magazine or other people um people don't hire him as as, as high as they should in my opinion I, I really rate him and all his projects are solid so big up wale on his latest project man i did hear that that he gets into controversy uh, because of his opinion. And yeah. he actually did reference that on this album. He said something like, if I ever stop speaking my mind, then I've, I've lost my melanin. Wow. So yeah. I think, I think he, he's trying to say that being a black person and going through the kind of things that black people go through, especially in, in, uh, in America, I have to speak my mind. Mm-hmm. And if I ever stop speaking my mind, then I'm just not black anymore. Um, so... Yeah, shout out to Wale, man. Like I say, I'm feeling that he's definitely one of the best. I think he's a top five artist right now, mate. Yeah, man. He's always been up there for me, um, and I'm feeling him a lot. Uh, I didn't really get a chance 
to digest the run the jewels. Although you know what you're getting with run the jewels, all four projects, just hard beats and mm. little size rhymes, right, and right. you need to take your time a bit, especially when LP raps. I need to really concentrate, even from the um, Death Jux days of Company Flow. I've really got to take in what he says. But I've got a lot of time for them, especially Killer Mike. So. I mean, people have been checking that out. You were listening to Tiana Taylor, just to switch it up a bit. Yeah, um, that is a whole that is a whole switch up right there. Uh, obviously, Killer Mike and LP uh, do the hardest, most uh, lyrical, um, just great hip hop, um, and really intense at times. Um, and then Tiana Taylor is the exact opposite; is very soulful, very laid back. Although she is a very conscious. Um, artist and you can see that with the imagery uh, that she's um, portraying strong black females there uh, on her album cover that looks to be inspired by Grace Jones even maybe um, and uh, I think one of Fabulous's best tracks is with uh, Tiana Taylor on it on the hook um, and um, yeah on, on this she bodies it man I said he likes it a lot um, I really like these little flips that she's got going on there. She's collabed with people like Rick Ross and Erica Badu and sort of reworked her and Erica song. She reworked her uh, an Alicia Keys song on there. Mm. Um, this is just dope, man. Big Sean's on there as well. Lauren Hill's on there. Missy. Um, Missy Elliott, Future. Davido. Quavo from um, Migos. So huge names like Iman. Huge names. Um, big, 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 big project. You know, this is on um, Kanye West label. Um, yeah. Music or getting out our dreams. And um, yeah, man, I think everybody should check this out, man. Again, it's something on the soulful side of the hip hop spectrum. Can we call Tiana Taylor a hip hop artist? Can we do hip-hop, that? Hip hop soul, hip hop soul, like Mary J. Blige. Yeah. Hip hop soul, man. And hopefully that, she's, yeah. she's happy with this project because I know, I don't think she was that happy with the first project she put out with on you know, with with Kanye when he was dropping all those seven track projects. Uh, so hopefully she's had a bit more control or she's happy with the way that they've dealt with this. So she's yeah. got like five rappers on this album, man. I feel like that, that that's a that's a heavy amount of hip hop influence for someone who's like an R and B singer. Yeah. You know what I mean? You might as well you might as well basically just call them a hip hop artist. <laughs> yeah. Um, like yeah. uh G Easy as well. He's he's released a new album which is um like he's come from doing the rapidly rap, um, but he's now doing a lot of singing, um, and he's put out an album that is I just think it's absolutely amazing. It's gone, he's pushed the boundaries and he's gone past making hip hop music. Like even the subtitle, the um, the description on Apple Music is is alternative, so it's not listed as hip hop. Um, and when you listen to it, it's exactly that. It kind of opens up with um, a cover of a. Uh, Oh, the Corgis, was it? Do you remember that song? Um, I need your loving, ooh, like the sunshine. And uh, it was Baby D that did like a, a drum and bass kind of uh, smash it single years ago when we was young. Um, and that was a cover of the Corgis, um, Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime. And so he opens up his album with almost like a ballad, like reworking that. And then, then it just picks up from there, and it's really fucking dope. Like the, the last track on there sounds like a, a Kanye West inspired song. But this guy's he's producing his own music, he's writing, he's rapping, 
Um, he's killing it, man. And what I really like about GE, I, I saw him at the um, the Wireless Festival a couple of years ago, and that's the first time I'd heard of him. And I just instantly thought, there's something about this guy. Like, he's got something about him. You know, even though I couldn't really hear all the bars because you're on a big sound system. I couldn't hear all of the bars, but instantly I could see stage presence and I could hear the music was dope. And I could, you know what I mean? The way he was just like performing, it was like, yo, this is, there's something special about this guy, man. And when I was looking at the album, I actually typed in his name. And you know, you know when the, it kind of predicts your search when you're Googling something sometimes? Yeah. So GEZ net worth came up and I thought, all right, let's, let's, let's click on this network. Let's see how much he's worth. Like, he's worth $12 million. So that merch, well, he must be doing something, right? I bet he's selling a lot of merchandise. Do you know what? I couldn't name one GEZ record. The only one he did with Wale that I, but I'll have to look into him, man. He's not been personal sort of ever stood out to me, but I know you co-signed him, so... I fucking love Jeezy. I think he's sick. But it's the dope thing about hip hop, though, because you could be someone who's not really a household name. Yeah. People who've listened to hip hop their whole life don't really know who you are, and you're a multi-millionaire, man. You fucking successful. That's it. That's that's my that's right. I just want to give an honourable shout out to um, Genesis Elijah, who we had on the show. He dropped an album called Blood. Uh, he dropped it at the sort of about a week or so ago. Um, I need to get into that, but I, I, I bet it's going to be really good. His quarantine work he's been putting in in a minute has been crazy. He's been having um, hip-hop guests on the show, interviewing them. So if you want to do your UK hip-hop uh, research and history, check out the Genesis Elijah interviews. And I know we had him on the show a while back, and he's a good guy. So definitely check out his latest project called Blurred. Shout out to Genesis Elijah too, a former guest yeah. on our show. That's it, man. What's how we doing for time, man? Boy, we are OT, overtime. Extra time. time, injury time, definitely wrap-up time. Definitely, definitely. It's been a pleasure. Um, it's been nice. We've, spoke, we've gone through a lot, but it doesn't feel like it's dragged, to be honest. Um, and I'm really looking forward to going through some of these albums and then seeing what happens for the rest of the week, man. For sure. As we were speaking, I was downloading stuff. I'll be meaning to check out the GRM10, but I didn't. So thanks for the uh, for the nice little uh, summary there. That inspired me to download it. I've picked up Ambush as well. I'll let you know what I think. I might hit you on social media so people can see uh, what I think of that as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, all good. So everyone, big up listening. I know we always appreciate your support, and I know you appreciate what we're putting out with the podcast. Don't forget you can hit us up at beerwrapbants, beerwrappingbanner at gmail.com. Don't forget the football podcast. Uh, I've been Ben English. I've been Cal Sirius. Uh, Ash has gone, but he's been Ash. Uh, that's it, man. Peace. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Anticlimax. I was waiting for you to say something. Anticlimax. Grease. Grease. Episode 72. Can't wait.